Hey everyone, so before we get started, I actually just wanted to let you know that if you guys head over to studywebdevelopment.com slash freelancing and use my code Justin25, you would actually get 25% off of the complete bundle that Kyle is offering right now. So head over there right now, check it out, use my code Justin and the numbers 25, Justin25 for an extra 25% off the complete bundle. You guys won't be sorry with what Kyle has to offer in that whole bundle. So go check it out. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 12 of the Chow Codes podcast. Um, today, I am bringing on a guest that surprisingly followed me randomly in a, in a day when after I had bought his program, um, he runs a freelancing program online called studywebdevelopment.com slash freelancing he has a the freelancer podcast um he goes by study web dev online on instagram and twitter um but kyle prinsloo i should have asked you before <laughs> that's great i'll take it <laughs> uh, how do you say it kyle prinsloo prinsloo okay that's it. cool but kyle welcome to the podcast man thank you for coming on <laughs> thanks justin i really appreciate it and Yes, as you said, uh, I mean, it's pretty awesome how we how we actually came to be in touch and be in contact. I mean, you bought uh, the bundle and mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, a few months later, I was following you on Instagram because you were posting, you know, some very cool pictures and uh, some great <laughs> content, you know, so it's pretty cool how our paths actually met. I know. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I was telling you prior to the podcast was... Um, I I decided to initially make the jump to try and go into freelancing. I had all I I don't remember. It might have been Jessica. So the coder coder might have made a post um on Twitter or on Instagram. No, you know what? It was Brad uh Traversy. He uh. I saw some some like he had a he had an ad roll on his on his YouTube on one of his YouTube videos. And I saw it, I was like, okay, well. I think I need to give this a shot. Like this looks, this looks interesting. So I bought, I bought the package, started going through it, and I finished it. Or well, yeah, I finished reading the book within like a day or two, and then started working on it and got my first client pretty quickly. And then started working from there. And out of nowhere, I see you follow me. I was like, oh, like what a weird <laughs> turn of events. Like he's here now. Like this is crazy. And then you DM'd me, and I was like, oh my god, even better. And now here we are. We're actually just like talking. So I'm like kind of lost for words a little bit because you know I always just saw you as the person that like created this content that I can now use and now we're both like just chatting now so it's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah that's awesome man no and and just listening to your your side things behind the scene you know like like what what you're actually doing what you've accomplished in about the you know the past year is actually incredible so I'm really looking forward to your progression and what you accomplish six months and a year from now so kudos to you man uh, really well done yeah thank you dude yeah it's uh it's been a wild journey you know ever since you know starting this i mean this all stems from instagram like i like like we talked about before is uh instagram has created this whole thing for me and it's just been a snowball effect of content 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 while lear learning how to code on the side as well so i mean I literally could not have asked for a better, like, card that was dealt. 
so far in terms of like content creation and kind of just the social media space. So, um, mm. I mean, it, it creates connections like this as well, right? Uh, I don't think I'd ever have had the chance to talk to you, meet you, or even just connect with you through Instagram or email or things like that if I had not created an Instagram account, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and shown the photos that I take documented my journey on Instagram, like none of the connections, none of the things that I'd be doing right now would not have been done at all had I not started that Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, so it's crazy to think that, you know, that just that one thing, just starting one thing can create this whole like, essentially, quote, quote, unquote, take this very loosely, like this is the only word that I can think of right now, but like, quote, unquote, empire kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Like I have so many things right under me that I can do and am doing all because of one thing. So it's, it's, it's cool to see. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on it quite well. Uh, uh, I mean, essentially what you're talking about is building a personal brand. And I found that that <laughs> is, is, is that not true? No, it's very true. Like, yeah. I, I, but it's like, it's something that I never like think about in my head. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. yes, it's a, it's a personal brand. It's me, which is awesome, right? Um, everybody needs to have their own personal brand. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. In order to do something. I, I've got a question for you. I've actually got two questions. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, why do you think it's important for everyone to create a personal brand? And then the second question is, what made you get started? Because I know a lot of people, they might know in their mind, hey, listen, the personal brand is important. I can understand the benefits, the pros and cons, all of that stuff. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm a bit too scared. I'm a bit too anxious. I'm a bit doubtful. What will people think of me? And that fear mindset. So those are the two questions I have for you to start us off. So nice uh, change, of, change of pace here. I like it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think everyone needs a personal brand just because of the times we're in right now. Uh, aside, COVID aside, you know, it's social media runs this whole space right now in terms of marketing, in terms of branding, in terms of, you know, everything, all of our attention turns to social media whether mm. you like it or not um and you know if you watch gary vaynerchuk any of you who are listening kyle if you're listening like it's it, it, he's right in terms of that you know the tv is now on the phone and the radio blah 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 right mm. all the attention is on everyone has a phone in that case you have attention on social media so i think that's mm. where the personal branding comes in to where if you have a personal brand you are now an entity on social media that can make an impact somewhere to someone else in some part of the world. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I think it's crucial in that sense, um, not just in terms of selling something, but in terms of also, you know, just marketing yourself in the mm -hmm. market as well. Mm -hmm. You know, if in terms of whatever industry you're in for us, exam for example, it's the, it's the developer industry, software engineering, like, you having a personal brand helps so much because you get to network with other developers. You get to, you know, market your blog that you have um, and things like that to show potential employers that, you know, you have the skill set, you have the knowledge to potentially be onboarded. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, that's where I think personal branding comes into play. Now, in terms of, um, you know, the whole mindset of being scared and things like that and how and like how they can get started because of that fear. I think everybody's going to be scared starting something like this. You know, it's not, it's not the majority's comfort zone to put themselves out there and 
kind of just, you know, go on a whim and create a social media account and now just document everything or do whatever it is you do that you want as far as your personal brand. I was scared when I first started. I didn't know what I was doing. I started because I saw, you know, people like Aral, Aral Thasher, uh, Andres Vidoza, you know, Fidalgo Dev. Mm. Uh, I saw all of them do their thing. And I was like, I love their photos. I love what they're doing. I want to be doing this. I'm already learning how to code. I might as well just, you know, give it a shot. Try to flex, you know, the photography side of me and also the coding side, even though I know I don't know much at the time, right? I only knew a little bit of CSS. I knew a little bit of HTML. They didn't know JavaScript, but I was willing to just kind of put it all out there and start something, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. the one thing is you just have to start. Like no matter how scared you are, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out your style, the way you want to approach things. And after that, you just get a little bit more comfortable, right? Like if you look at my first photo, anybody's first photos, anybody's first post, like it's garbage. Mm. Like it's not good. And then you you keep scrolling up and you watch the progression and you just, you, you've watched that person find their style, find their designs, find the way that they want to do things and present things. And then everything just kind of works out, you know, as long as you stay consistent. Um, but that's kind of my answers to both those questions. You know, it's, it's never easy and it's, it's never, uh, it's never not scary, uh, to start something like this. Hmm. I think, uh, well, firstly, I think, I think you spot on, I think, <laughs> no, seriously, I think, um, I think uh, you touched on a lot of good points there because, uh, specifically, I think, um, the bottom line is we all start from zero, as you said, you know, um, uh, in, our, in our intro chat, you know, I mean, uh, your Instagram account now is, is sitting on a good amount of followers. And what did you start on? Did you start on 10,000 followers? No, you started on zero. And mm -hmm. the first few posts or the first few whatever tweets is going to be crap. I mean, let's face it. And you learn as you go. But the thing is, uh, uh, with that mindset, you've now overcome the initial fears or doubts or anxiousness. And the most important word, I think, if I can just take one key word, start. And I fully agree with that. Uh, if I can also mention my two cents on, on the personal brand, if I can summarize it in two words, I would say it's influence and opportunities. So mm. if, if you, for example, want to let's say help others if that's something you really want to do first of all don't flipping you know don't fake that stuff like really want to i mean really help people and mm -hmm. so that's number one you can really influence people it doesn't matter if 10 other people or 100 other people are doing the same thing we all have a different message we all have a different way of communicating it in the same way that for example i i talk about generally freelancing tips and you know, advice. Are there others teaching it or talking about it? Without a doubt. But I know that my approach might be a little bit different and I'm just doing my thing. If people want to listen, they can listen. And if, if they want the advice, they can take it or they can go listen or go follow someone else. No problem. So that's the first part. The second part with the opportunities, I mean, let's, let's look at you for an example because I think you're a good um, case study in the short term. I mean, look at what you've done in the past, let's call it six months or so. I mean, just from Instagram, you've built up good connections with other people, other influencers. Mm -hmm. 
And now you're building your own personal brand to number one, open up doors of opportunity for uh, getting employed, for getting freelance opportunities, and for selling your own products. I mean, you creating your own clothing line now. Chow mm-hmm. clothes. What is a chow? Uh, apparel. Chow apparel. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, and that starts by building the personal brand. That starts by taking the first post. And that starts by starting. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And just to, you know, circle back on that, that topic you had is, you know, everyone has different influence and we could all be creating the same content, but our delivery is always very different. And I think mm-hmm. that's super key for you to understand <clears throat> as a, as a, like, as a listener, um, you know, you can go on YouTube, like, for example, we all watch tech reviews, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're always looking for a certain product. Like, let's take, for example, phones, because the, the OnePlus Nord just came out and there are countless amount of viewers that got review samples. They're all doing the same review on the same phone. But you have a specific reviewer that you watch. They're all doing the same thing. But they're delivering it in a way that you seem that you find pleasing. Mm. Right? The delivery is different. The product and the review is the same. Right? And it's uh, it's also differing opinions. Mm. Um that go into play on that. So, you know, uh, that's the one thing with people um, with, let's stick to the YouTube example, is people get scared, including myself, when I first started, was I'm creating content that seems like it comes from, it's the same context from other YouTubers. Why am I going to do this if it's not different? But Mm -hmm. why be different? Like, do it your own way, right? I can talk about the same things. Like just because one person did a day in the life doesn't mean I can't do a day in the life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's you, you can do the same things. You can take the same content that someone else is making and do it your own way. Right. It's, there's nothing to be afraid of. No one's judging you. No one's going to, you know, talk shit about it. Like mm-hmm. you kind of just have to do it. Um, if it's, especially if it's something you want to do. You know what I mean? Like it, you just kind of have to do it. Um, so that's kind of the yeah. same thing, right? For you is there's a bunch of other people who are doing freelancing content as well online, but your delivery is very different from theirs. Mm. Um, mm. That doesn't mean no one else can get into the same thing and talk about the same things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you've got some great points, you know, nothing. I've, I've actually got nothing to add to that. Perfectly said. Yeah, like it's uh, th- that's just more. There's so many different points that you know you and me and other people can add on to people out there needing to really just start. You know, mm. um, right now is literally the best time to do it, and I've always said that. Like right now is the best time to start that business you want, start building your personal brand on top of that business that you want. Um, because you know everyone's got time right now there's nothing for you to go do outside like you know what i mean there's very limited stuff for you to go do outside you're working from home you can definitely balance two things at once um at least right you know you can build your personal brand you can still work your full-time job if you have one um and make the most of your time and just build something up and hone in on your craft like Mm. no there's no need to be scared the only reason why you're scared is because you're in your own head 
you're putting assumptions in from other people um that you think are there but they're not like mm. you're just in your own head about it yeah i think um well i mean you've actually got a few things we can actually discuss on that but um that sort of reminds me of of this of this guy from the group that i that i just spoke to um last week so he's in the freelancing group and i'm pretty active there you know i chat to a lot of guys in dms and uh, emails and behind the scenes just listening to you know what they say their struggles um you know getting their first client and and things like that because i mean let's face it it's not all I mean, I mean, the grass always isn't green on the other side. It takes some time, you know. For some people, it takes a year. For some people, it takes a week, you know, to start earning some decent income. And this guy, um, he had an opportunity. It was a, it was either a friend or a family member or someone. And he's a complete newbie, you know. He knows how to code. He knows how to make websites. And this guy came approached. Um, you know this guy in the group okay let me let me call it this family member and this guy i'm just gonna call call it like that so we we know who's who so this family member guy said to the guy in the group he's like listen i've got i've actually got a few websites you can do it for my business i've got friends who want uh, websites but this project that i have for you it's a pretty big one it's it's an e-commerce website and it's got a lot of products and i'm expecting you to charge me a fair price um, you know, don't give me, let's say, family rates or family discounts. Like, I want to help you out, okay? So this guy in the group, he actually messaged me, and he's like, whoa, you know, I've got this opportunity. What do you think? And I was like, go for it, you know? This is awesome. Take the opportunity. And long story short, a week later or two weeks later goes by, he sends me another message, and he's like, Carl, I actually didn't take the opportunity. He's like, I feel terrible, but I didn't take the opportunity. I was too scared. And you know what? I, first of all, I messaged him and I, and, I, and I told him, look, you know, I, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, don't worry about it. There will always be other opportunities. And so I sort of encouraged him on that side. But I also helped him to realize, like, this was an opportunity that you missed out on, you know. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I realized from this from this uh, group guy is he his or or let me say this his disappointment I believe was more disappointment not taking it than if it was him taking it and sort of figuring it out with the stress and sort of not knowing what to do. I I believe from my chats with him that he's more um, affected by not taking it than if he were to take it, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It had a huge impact on him by not taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it's... I feel anytime there's a missed opportunity, people feel that way because now they run into scenarios where what would have happened if I took it? Was that the one... Was that like my breakthrough? You know, yeah. things like that. Um, it's easy to fall into that like weird loop mentally where it's you're now running through different scenarios and you're feeling bad about yourself because that's a missed opportunity. I don't know if I can get something like that again. Um, you know, when's the next time something like that's going to roll around and you just keep thinking that over and over again. So I can see why that's going to be more 
impactful in rather than you know him actually taking it mm. you know he's in it um whether it pans out or not you know you took the opportunity and you you're going to figure out whether it was beneficial for you or not mm. you know what i mean regardless yeah. you took the opportunity if yeah. you didn't well then you never know you know mm. what i mean exactly yeah and i think um richard branson if, if i'm not mistaken i think he once said he's got like a famous quote and it says something along the lines of just say yes and figure it out later <laughs> you know that, so. <laughs> that's like coding in like a <laughs> nutshell <laughs> regardless of saying yes but like you know what i mean it's just like taking on something and just figuring it out yeah, while you exactly. go you know what i mean <laughs> um but like yeah it's 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 things like that where you you kind of have to take the risk and that's what it's all about right it's it's risk taking um you kind of have to you you have to get over that mental hump and i've said this before on different podcasts and on my podcast episodes is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and mm. in all instances of that scenario, it's all uncomfortability that is driving you, you mm. know, to make a decision. It's are you willing to stay comfortable just not doing anything and not taking that opportunity because that's a safe place for you? Or are you willing to go into uncomfortable territories and take the risk and plunge into it and potentially benefit from taking that opportunity? Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's the one factor that so many people especially i feel like in the freelancing world when it comes to the first client especially too you know it's uncomfortable talking to people that you don't know to try and make money mm-hmm. like there's no getting around that i feel like everybody in in the space is always going to feel uncomfortable um trying to find a first client with regardless of the method they choose it's going to be uncomfortable trying to get a contract going sending a proposal over you know all those different things that play into freelancing it's a it's a scary uh situation for anybody i feel like or for most people at least Mm. so you kind of have to you know get uncomfortable sometimes yeah i think i mean i mean well said you know i like that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable i like that but um it's, it sort of reminds me of, of when i was uh, when i first started it was actually um discomfort that actually drove mm-hmm. me to start freelancing because i was not comfortable you know I, I was um you know we had financial issues and all the rest and it's and it sort of it sort of forced me to actually sacrifice you know um sleeping eight hours a day working on weekends and and things like that um because i, I was almost forced to um it was i mean i, I keep looking back and I, and I think like yes if i was earning let's say a good income and if everything was going well if everything was comfortable i doubt i would have actually started freelancing as soon as i did um mm. so yeah i think I, I really like that you know you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and just sort of embrace it and adapt along the way. 100%. And then you touched on something too that I I think is so, so key as well is too many people get into a comfortable spot and love to stay there. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like you said, if you land a job and 
let's just say you're making really good money uh, as a developer it's most likely the case right you're mm-hmm. making great money in the space you're getting paid a great salary um you live um you probably live very comfortably how many people who are in that position want to go out and do something else or they could just you know do what they do make the same amount of money and just think that everything's going to be all right you know what i mean mm-hmm. you get way too comfortable in these in these scenarios and that's what i was tired of um which is why i'm kind of happy that i don't have a job anymore right now right i i'm you're you're in a position being employed where someone has the choice to cut you tomorrow mm. like your your job is not secure right no one's is if you're employed on, in a mm. company right like unless you're like a doc like a doctor or um a nurse firefighter like obviously job security is there right but mm. as a dev you can't just be like okay i have a job i'm making all this money now i'm just gonna sit back do my work and just you know soak all the money in. like no like you have to make more opportunities for yourself like why are you just gonna sit like what happens when your boss comes through and it's like ah kyle you're cut i'm sorry mm-hmm. we can't afford you no more like yeah, yeah. Exactly. good luck on your next endeavors right mm-hmm. then it's just like okay well all the money's cut i ain't got nothing left mm-hmm. that's exactly why i'm doing what i'm doing like i don't want to rely on someone being like okay justin i don't need you anymore or I can't afford you right now. I, I you got to go. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. if that ever happens to me right now, all these different things that I'm doing, the podcast, the store, you know, it, it being an influencer on Instagram, um, you know, making videos on YouTube. I want all these things to be able uh, oh, Amazon affiliate market, like all these different things. Like I want them to bring in some sort of income to where if I got a job as a dev and I was laid off, I don't have to worry. I have things to fall back on or, you know, potentially make them full-time incomes to where I don't have to ever have that stress in my life ever again. But that's also me being okay with going into uncomfortable territories and making these things happen. I'm not sitting down and, you know, being like, all right, all this stuff is going on. I should be good. You know, I'm just going to sit down, let it all go. We're all, you know, everything's all dandy now, but it's not. You know, you always have to keep moving. Mm. Well said, uh, you know. Um, I think uh, to me, it was also, okay, uh, it was a couple of reasons why I did it quite, you know, started to diversify my income. But in one sense, it's actually about minimizing risk, you know, because mm. all of a sudden your, as you said, your employer could, you know, let's say fire you and uh, or something could happen or let's say, you know, you get sick for a while or, or whatever. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I mean this, or, or let's say you want to travel and you can't and you ask for leave and then they don't give it to you. And, and, and that whole freedom aspect, you know, I mean, how do you put a price on your freedom? You know, right. you pretty much do what you want when you want. Um, so, so, so that's another aspect. But I, I think a deeper underlying factor here is, is very much to do with your why. You know, like, why are you, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you working where you're working? Um, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Is it just to earn X, Y, and Z? Okay, then what? You know, would a, would a house, would a car, would a whatever, 
is is that what you define as happiness you know um what will happen once you achieve that you know i'm talking about like deeper questions because that might help you um you know sort of align your decision making and i mean that can encourage you to actually put in the extra hours put in the time research try and figure something out on the side so it might be discomfort it might be you know just wanting to earn a few, an extra few hundred dollars a month from a financial aspect and it might be something that you really want to do that you really see yourself you know in five years from now working on your own thing helping others equipping others making a difference giving to others whatever it may be but you know i, th I think that's also another factor to consider a hundred percent and but then the main question is how do people find their why you know what i mean i, th I feel yeah. like people have a have troubles finding that and i mean i did as well um i didn't and know how did you overcome was. that how did you so, decide on your why? <laughs> again i was i was just gonna touch on that is uh <laughs> you know just getting started i didn't know what my why was when i first started instagram i had the initial set of starting it to document and show other people my progress and that was it something simple like that you know and then as it grew as it kept going i started realizing what my why was and what my purpose was on this platform mm. was to you know motivate and inspire other people who are in the same positions or who are going through rough times to start something and it's been like it's it's been happening you know what i mean i didn't i didn't that was not my initial why um, and it, your, your why should not be a conclusion that you come to very fast. I feel like it should be built upon something else. Like there should be a premise that you start with that it ultimately builds on. And that's kind of what happened for me, but I, everyone's process in terms of finding their why is very different. Some people mm -hmm. can have it predetermined. Some people can't, you know, it all comes from the the environment you come from and the certain variables in your life that kind of put you in the place that you're in right now but uh, again it's that's probably the hardest part is trying to find your why mm, mm. for sure yeah and 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 good points um look i mean some people just start from a purely opportunistic um you know i mean they see opportunity and they and they just go ahead others start with more a passion they don't even think mm -hmm. about you know the the monetary benefits just because of pure interest and passion for the topic other people start for you know wanting to let's say um almost like ph philanthropic um uh, reasons you know so yes i do agree it, it, sometimes it takes a combination of all three to actually start sometimes it takes one sometimes it's you do you pretty much get onto it by an accident in a way um, but I think the key point here is to actually start and do something. Even if you just build your own personal brand where you're just posting whatever, it could literally be anything. Eventually, over time, as you get more followers, as you get more engagement, you might start to realize, wow, I actually enjoy posting or talking about X, Y, and Z. Let me sort of fine-tune my messaging a bit. And eventually you will find if you enjoy it or not and who knows what doors may open up from there you know exactly and it, you touched on a good point there too was um oh god uh you touched on a good point there too was is that your pet hamster 
<laughs> it's a big hamster. It's a very big hamster. Um, you touched on a good point there too. Was your why? You know, like I said, and like we both said, is you don't know what it is until you get started. So building that personal brand, you know, do something in the meantime. You know, don't sit around and think about what your why is. Mm-hmm. Do something about like it. Build upon action to find that, and that's exactly what happened for me. Like we said, right? It's my why didn't come on until you know maybe I I wouldn't even say halfway because you know it's gonna keep running. But as time went on through my Instagram, I found my why. You know, it's don't when you're starting out and doing something, whether you're starting your YouTube channel, Instagram account, whatever it is, right? Whatever your endeavor is, go and look at other people's accounts. They all start somewhere and then they veer off into another direction. And that's fine. Like you don't feel like you can't just adjust your approach to something because you're you think that your account is set set in its own way. Mm. Like your account is your account. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. If you want to change directions and shift to talking about something else, then do that. Like no one's stopping you. Like don't feel like you're going to lose audience or lose followers because you're doing that. Unless you're talking about something shitty, then then absolutely you will. Unless you talk about politics. (laughs) Oh, God, then yes. You're bringing on a whole different audience that you may may or may not want. But, um, you know, shifting your direction because you found your why is not something that you should look down on. I Mm. think once you find it, build upon it and, you know, take action on it, Um, which is something that I did. You know, I started talking about more of the motivational, inspirational and like stuff like that in in my captions for instagram you know that's a lot of my content now um especially through the podcast i feel that's exactly what it is you know we're talking about all this stuff and there's potentially a handful of listeners hopefully that listen to this and find a reason to start Mm. um building a personal brand getting into freelancing whatever it is right like there's there's something in there's a message within these podcast episodes that people find and people have messaged me about saying Hey, I listened to this podcast. This thing you said really touched me in a way that, you know, allowed me to break out and start something. And this isn't just me like saying that. Like that's these are actual messages from people that I've gotten that have started something mm-hmm. based off of something on the podcast, based off of something on the Instagram. You know, it's it's crazy to see literally a snippet of the podcast episode change someone's life essentially. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see how how the how our discussion has very much been focused on, you know, building a personal brand and and starting. Um, I mean, if I think about you know the freelancing side and the guys that I chat to you know on a regular basis, very often their skill sets are pretty good. I mean, they they pretty much know front-end very well, uh, some back-end, whatever it is, they've got the skill set, they've got the knowledge, but sometimes what they really need is just that word of encouragement, just to say, like, you can do it, you know? It's really, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it sounds so simple, and it almost sounds, you know, almost being disingenuous or being fake to them, but most people actually just need that word of encouragement to be like, I know how you're feeling. I felt exactly the same. Or I know others who do feel the same. 
or whatever it is, but you just need to start. And, and the thing is, what I found in my own personal uh, life, whether it be in business, uh, you know, various different business ventures, or whether it be in helping others become freelancers, I found that the hardest part is actually starting. It actually gets mm-hmm. easier as you go, particularly if we talk about, you know, getting clients as, as, as an example. I mean, the first one is difficult. As I said, some people take a long time to get it. Some people take it in, in a few days to get, to get a client. And thereafter, you build on that momentum. You, and that gives you confidence to approach other clients, especially if you've got, let's say, for example, three clients in a similar industry, in a similar, in a similar niche, and you've helped them get, you know, grow their business. They give you testimonials and reviews. And they tell other people in their industry, hey, I know this guy, Justin. He's helped me get more patients or more clients. You have to work with this guy. And then you get referrals. And before you know it, you've got five, ten clients paying you a very good income a year or two later. But you were only in that position because you overcame the doubts and the anxiousness and the fear of what may what may people think or what if i fail or what if what if what if and you only got to that point because you started a hundred percent and you know it's like you said too it's there's people on the edge of getting started but they need that affirmation they need the um unfortunately they need the quote-unquote approval and i wish it wasn't the case but like a lot of the people need that um Mm. they need that initial push to get started you know they're worried about okay, well, you know, I have all these things set in place, the client's ready, but I don't know if I am. Um, And then, you know, you or me or other people that they look up to say something and it's like, okay, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm going to do it. You know, it's just that little, little nudge that they need in the right direction for them to actually get started. And I wish it, again, I wish it wasn't the case, but you know, sometimes you just need that little, that little kick in the ass to, to get started. Right. Um, because there are people that, you know, go out of their way, they get uncomfortable, they start doing these things for themselves, start getting clients, but you know, they're not fully committing. And I think that's the thing is you really need to fully commit with yourself is once you're set in stone with what you want to do, you got to do it. Like there's no way around it. You can't, can't bullshit anymore. Like if you're wanting to get into freelancing, you're going to have to talk to people. So you're going to have to commit to that. Mm, good point good point so so i've got a question for you then Mm -hmm. i think i think we touched on you know the the why i think we touched on starting quite well and i I very much like um you know what you said uh i think particularly you know get comfortable being uncomfortable i really like that and Mm -hmm. let's say someone is in that foundational stage they've got the right mentality now what, in your opinion, or what has worked for you, or what you suggest, what would you think or suggest is a good starting point for someone to get, you know, their first client? Um, like the method, or like how, like mentally, they can kind of just start now. I would say I would say action actionable tips. So so let's say the method. Hmm. So, I mean, the first thing for me is that the first thing I look for, especially in freelancing, that 
allows that allowed me to get into this space first was talking to someone that I already know that needed work. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, doing that, like if it's like a family member or like a really good friend, you're more likely to talk to them than a stranger. Mm. Agree. You know what I mean? Um, just that initial start will snowball effect. Like you said, you know, you do that, you get that one, one client first and it'll just uh, snowball into referrals in terms of freelancing, right? Yes. So if someone wanted to get started, talk to someone you already have rapport with and someone that you are you feel comfortable talking with. If that's something that, that scares you, because in the freelancing, again, it's hard to talk to people. I mean, mm. as introverts, it's it's really hard. Mm. Um, so if you want to really get started and you want it to be easier, then talk to someone you already know. Ask them if they need help. Uh, family members, obviously the easiest ones. Um, or for me, it was, a, it was the gym owner and I know her mm-hmm. for a very long time. Um, it's easy to talk with her. So it, when she needed the website, it was just like, oh, Hey, do you need the website done? I can do it for you. She was like, okay, let's do it. Done. Awesome. That was the conversation, right? Yeah. It's, it's very easy, straightforward. You guys know what you want. You know what you can do. She knows what you can do or he knows what you can do. So get it done, you know? So as soon as you get that done. She's a business owner, right? She probably knows many other people that need work. Once you kill it and absolutely smash the website that you've done for her, now you've opened up doors to more potential clients that see your work now because it's front-facing and are going to ask you now. Maybe they'll approach you and be like, hey, I need work done too. Can you help me with this? There you go. They started the conversation. You didn't have to do anything. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm actually just writing down something, yeah, because I think you touched on something quite nicely. So I'm almost done. Okay. So I think um, family and friends. Firstly, mm-hmm. number one, I, I keep I keep telling you know guys who who buy the bundle and all of that and in the groups and all that, don't underestimate friends and family. It's amazing how many people actually just almost like ignore it. All it takes is literally a question, literally a question or a Facebook post Mm -hmm. or, you know, WhatsApp or something just to be like, hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in web development. I've learned how to make a few websites. Can I make your website? You know, don't don't ask about pricing or anything yet. Let them first agree to it and then discuss, you know, like a family rate or something just to actually get started, to get the you know, getting the flow of it. And what I was writing here is that that is actually the easiest. That is actually the easiest thing to do to get out of your comfort zone to ask friends and family. Then we move on to a little bit of discomfort. And that is speaking to your gym instructor or gym owner, your coffee shop, um, you know, owner, wherever you go for lunch or for coffee. Um, if you go to any meetups, if you go to any family events or friend events or, you know, uh, barbecues or whatever, um, uh, or n- any type of networking event, that is a little bit more discomfort, but it's still a bit easier. Then you've got real discomfort, and that is cold leads. So that mm-hmm. is everything from, you know, you reaching out to them via phone or email or by doing a manual outreach, you know, whether you message them on Facebook or social media 
or whether you do ads or whatever it is, but that is pure cold leads. And what that means is that they do not know anything about you and you pretty much, as a general uh, term, don't know anything about them. So it's completely mm -hmm. cold. But what's interesting is that, is that as you get more clients, it actually gets easier because what will happen is your reputation will precede you. Very often, you will get referrals. And I must say, referrals are the easiest clients to close. I think it's almost like, I mean, for us, it's almost like, you know, 90% of, of all referrals we close. You know, and, and that's purely because we've helped the client get results. We, you know, okay, well, let me backtrack. First of all, you need to really, you know, do well. You can't just, just put up a website there and, you know, tick the box. You actually have to get the client results. And once right. you get them results, once you've delivered a quality product, it really gets easier from there. So um, if I can sort of backtrack and circle up here, I think it's almost like a circle. So it's easy, friends and family. You get a little bit more discomfort, which is you speak to people via networking. Then you get pure discomfort, which is cold leads and whatever. But eventually, once you get start the ball going and you've got a few clients, things get easier again. So then it gets more comfortable with when your reputation and referrals start kicking in. A hundred percent. And you know, with the whole referral thing, it's um, you come essentially pre-vetted to those people you get referred to. Mm. Right. You did work for somebody already. You've shown what you can do. They're now literally showing other people your work and bypassing so many of the different stages that mentally clients go through to try and see if you're legit or not. Mm. You know what I mean? You bypass yeah, exactly. a lot of that through. They, they pretty much do the selling for you, the convincing for exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All you need is one person to do that for you. Mm. And if that can be a family member to ease you into that, then why the hell not? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like make it easy on yourself. Just try to, again, pr uh, but the first thing obviously is it's not, we make it sound easy, but again, it's like you said, you have to throw it out the park yeah. with that first project that you have. You cannot like half ass that thing. Mm -hmm. You have to show that you're like, you're it. Like You yeah. can do the projects that you take on. Um, You can't, you cannot half-ass a project and expect that person to be like, oh, oh, okay, well, Kyle did this website. Let me uh, let me just throw them out to everybody. No, like if it was half-ass, mm -hmm. it's half-ass. Like you're going to get a half-ass referral exactly. if you do that. Exactly. Like put in what you want put out. Like uh, there's no way around that. So um, if you well, really want to get into freelancing and and – you know, make that process easier on yourself if you know and you're self-aware enough to understand that you're not that great of a person in terms of talking to other people and negotiating. And oh, negotiating is a whole nother thing. But <laughs> yeah, if you know that you're not, that's not your strong suit, have other people do it for you. You know, mm -hmm. ask a family member, ask someone like a really good friend if they need work, kill it. And then, you know, just be like, yo, if you if you've got a friend or if you know someone else that needs something, let me know. I'm there. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they'll be like, yo, I got my boy, Kyle. He's he's it like you need him to do your website. There mm -hmm. you go. That's mm -hmm. mental stages bypassed on the other side of that client of that new potential lead. And um, you can jump straight into a conversation about what they need. And it's going to be super easy for you, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, I think I think you touched on an important point, you know, 
firstly, you need the knowledge. And mm -hmm. the question that, that I get a lot is, when do I know enough? And the answer I often say is, if you can create a website, get started. Because if you wait to create, be able to create 50 high-end, modern, animated, high-end websites or literally master the craft, you've waited too long. So I think, I think you need to find that balance. And, and this, is where, this is where it gets a bit difficult because, you know, it's, it's very subjective you know, um, mm -hmm. based on someone's understanding of their skill set, they might be actually better than they might think, um, you know, but in their mind, they think, you know, this is, uh, I need to know X, Y, and Z before I can actually start approaching clients. So what I say, or, or my advice is, just if you can create a website, whether it looks all right or not, take on the project and learn and adapt and improve as you take on the project, as you've got the project. But that, that does not negate the fact that one should still keep learning, you know. Uh, I, I think that's very important. And let's say, for example, you've taken on a project. Let's say it's an e-commerce project in this case. And you sort of don't know what's, what's cooking. What you can do is you can take on the project. First of all, it's not as easy. I mean, it's not as hard as you may think. It's actually pretty simple. Um, but let's say you take on the project. You said yes. And you sort of know what to do, but there's some elements you don't know what to do. Don't say no. Just say yes and then speak to someone who does know that part and outsource mm. it. You know, because that that one, uh, look, it, it, it's, it's risky, right? I mean, let's face it. I'm not saying it's easy. But if you, uh, let me put it this way. If you are waiting for the perfect project, that you can tick all the boxes on, that you know 100% on, you're really going to wait quite a while. I mean, uh, for example, for us, we sort of know the, you know, the fundamentals or the maybe 60 or 70% of how to do it. Uh, let's say it's a big project. But there's many times where we get advice from you know, software developers or you know, re freelancers who's been in the trade for 15 plus years. We've actually got one on retainer that we pay just to get their advice on you know, uh, bigger projects that we might not know. So nothing is wrong with that. But that, that enables you to actually take on the project, learn as you go. I mean, we've got quite a few clients now that, that we've got that um, started out fairly small and now they're bigger clients. But if we said no at the beginning, oh, we don't really know how to do this, we would have lost them, you know? So, mm -hmm. and, and, and one other thing is, I think uh, it's, it's to play the long-term game, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really to think long-term because, as I said, if, if you say no and you wait for the perfect project, you might wait longer than you think. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. pretty much my, my two cents on that. No, 100%. And like that, that point that you had on taking a project that you know you're not... It, it, is outside of your scope and then outsourcing that, I feel like people just don't understand that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just because you're freelancing doesn't mean that you can't go out and ask for help. Like mm -hmm. it's not just you. It's the same thing for development in general. Like being a self-taught dev, it's not just you. Like do you understand the community we have of people that are willing to help you? 
Mm. Like it's the same thing in freelancing. You can always ask for help. You can always outsource. Like there's there's endless amounts of resources for you to help you in that in that aspect of things. Mm. And to go back on what you said about, you know, not feeling ready, like again, that's like the whole development process is you will never be ready. Like mm. there's so many things to learn. There's so many things to do. Like don't bottleneck yourself because you feel like you haven't learned enough. Mm. Because the long the more you do that, the more you're gonna prolong this this whole thing and you're not gonna get started. Yeah. And the whole point is to get started. So it's like what Kyle said. If you can make a website right now, then jump in. Like get your feet wet. Like as long as you can make one, you're gonna learn even more than if you just stop and think, oh, I'm not ready. I'm just gonna keep studying. Like, no. Mm -hmm. The bet in my opinion, and I think this is very true is that, you know, the best experience you can build is actually on the job. Yes, agreed. agreed. Like, if you're on the job, like, real real life experience is way more valuable to me than going through a course or something and trying to learn things. Like, mm. throw me into the dirt and I'm going to learn something, right? Mm. Like, you need to throw yourself into the, into, literally into the pack of wolves and just be like, all right, here I am. Let's do it. True. Bring on that first client. If you feel like you're out of, it, it's out of your scope, great once you're done with the project there's going to be so much more stuff added into your scope that you can take on now True. so what's next right like you just have to get that experience so don't be scared of jumping into a project that you feel you're not qualified for because uh, honestly you pro you probably never will be for most of the projects you take on exactly you're gonna you're gonna gonna learn a handful of things in every project you take on you're going to learn something new. You're going to learn something new about you. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that come out of actually just getting experience. So you just have to do it. Mm, agreed. And and I think you touched on something quite, you know, quite important there. When is someone actually ready? What does ready actually mean? You know, mm -hmm. how would you define ready in that sense? And and it's a very broad term. But um also, also, I think it's important to to mention. I mean, uh, what you are not saying and what I am not saying is not to is not to lie. You know, not to say, "Hey, man, we can do it," and uh, you know, sort of lie to them. But it's sort of more about having that internal confidence, knowing that you can figure it out. So, for example, right. if a potential if a prospective client says, calls a meeting with you, or has you on the phone, "Hey, can I've I've got this idea of this website. I wanted to do this and this and this. Can you do it?" And you've got a rough idea that I sort of know what you mean, but I actually, uh, I personally can't do it. What you can say is, yes, we can do it. I will have to get back to you on pricing. Then, because what you're doing there is you're not necessarily lying. What you can say is, for example, if you want to cover yourself a little bit more, you can say, I'm sure we can do, it, do that. Let me just confirm with the development team and I'll confirm with you by you know, the end of this week on pricing and time frame. So that's where you're covering yourself quite well. Then all you do is you approach a freelancer on, let's say, um, hub staff talent or many other, you know, Upwork or any of these freelance websites. Give them the project, give them the scope, say, hey, I want you to do this. Give me a fixed flat fee, not your hourly rate. And you say, how long or how much uh, would this cost and how long would it take? Let's say they say it's $1,000. 
what you need to uh, tell the client is going to charge, uh, let's say, one and a half thousand. So add five hundred dollars buffer or thousand dollars buffer, because what you might find is this outsourced freelancer might charge you an extra two hundred dollars due to unexpected bugs or whatever, and you still need to make some profit on that. So that's number one. The other thing is, um, I know a guy in. Uh, well, actually, Johannes knows a guy. Johannes is my business partner in, in study web development. And uh, yeah, sorry, he actually couldn't come on, on the call. He had some family emergency had to sort out. But he knows this guy um, that is purely a, almost like a project manager. He's got a web design agency and he's based in somewhere, somewhere here in South Africa. And he does not know anything about web development. All he does is he gets the clients around the world and he outsources the tasks to some guys in India, which India is, uh, for those who don't know, it's much cheaper than uh, getting developers in uh, the US, for example. So let's say, for mm -hmm. example, he takes on a $10,000 project. What you might find is he would be a, he would pay the guys in India $5,000 and walk away with 5000 So he makes 5000 for pretty much just getting the client and managing you know, the communication and delivering the product to them. So he's pretty much an overseer. That's another thing that you can do. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. It does get easier over time as you get experience, but that's also an, another way of looking at it. So eventually you don't have to be the person actually doing the work. You could just oversee it. And eventually as your business grows, you could actually sit back as more of a, uh, I think the best way to think of it is almost like a CEO role and you can have you can employ a project manager to actually do the work you were doing, and then you can just oversee everything, check in once a month, and just make sure everything's going well. Right, and you know, as for the listeners out there, just you know, take these stories and things like that with a grain of salt. Like this, it all takes work to get there. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of the like people who, including myself, like when I first like was getting into the space was. I would see all these stories, these success stories, right? Uh, just try to get motivation, but then people want to get to there very fast. So, you know, see what the people have built, see what they're doing. Like, for example, that person in uh, South Africa, right? Like mm. he's running his own agency and he's doing those things, but you need to understand what the behind the scenes looked like for him to get to where he is. Mm, exactly. Like you need to build to that. Do not expect to get there so quick, mm. right? You need to put in the frameworks. You need to put in the groundwork. You need to literally just put in the work to get there. Um, and that's all it is, right? And it all just circles back to getting started. Like mm -hmm. once you get started, you don't need to know what the roadmap looks like. Your roadmap is going to be different from ours. Your roadmap is going to be different to the person in South Africa. Like you need to figure that out. But once you do, well, then, you know, happy hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, well said, Justin. I've actually got uh, nothing more to say other than to say, you know, play the long-term game. For some, it might take six months to get a good income. For some, it may take two years. But mm -hmm. either way, in my in my mind, the trade-off between being your own boss versus being employed by someone else, I would rather take a slight drop in income if it means that versus you know working for someone else that's me personally everyone's different but i would say uh, the, the bottom line is the theme of our discussion has been just start and just try it at least give it an honest effort for at least a year 
a year really isn't a long time. I mean, for me personally, this year has felt like it's gone so quickly. But oh I, I, I mean, I mean, a year really goes by very quick. And if you can just dedicate yourself, just say, listen, for a year, I'm going to try freelancing. I'm going to try doing whatever it is, but I'm going to dedicate myself for a year. I'm going to put in the hours. Maybe it's two hours a day. Maybe it's an hour a day. Maybe it's 15 minutes a day. Whatever it is, just start, be consistent, and at least try until the very end after a year. And you might find, hmm, I like it, or you know what, I don't like it. But at least you know you've tried. Exactly. And, you know, to the listeners out there, you know, we've we've talked about getting started, but now literally just trying it because it's a good point. You know, freelancing may not be for you, but you don't know that until you've actually done it. So um, mm. you're going to have to try it. You're going to have to get your feet wet. You're going to have to get dirty um, and get uncomfortable. Um, but you, you, you know, we can say all these things, but you know, at the end of the day, action needs to be taken upon you. You know, we can, we can't do it for you. No one can do it for you. You kind of have to figure it out and figure out your process and get the experience that you know you need in order to get started. But that's, again, you just need to try it for sure. Mm, Agreed. Just, just my closing words. I want to thank you, Justin the awesome chat i'm really excited to see your progress in the next year or so playing the long-term game and yeah i really hope that um, a few listeners got some some value from this uh, very straightforward and, and practical discussion we had and also say thank you to your pet hamster for me <laughs> uh, the pet hamster will appreciates you 100 <laughs> percent um but uh, yeah kyle thank you is for his coming name on. fluffy N- no very close <laughs> um uh, the hamster's name is pumpkin though uh, we were close <laughs> oh that's classic um, <laughs> um now i need to make a, a a pet hamster shirt i think that's coming that's coming soon i like it in partnership with swd i like it <laughs> yes I will, i'll have i'll have the emblem uh embroidered onto the onto the sleeve. <laughs> awesome man no thank you so much yeah for sure thank you kyle for coming on uh, i'm sure you know there's again a handful of people have to walk away from this conversation um with some sort of value uh, i mean like there are so many gold nuggets out here that i need to pull out because i mean uh it, it, this was this was a good conversation for sure um but uh i know you already had your closing statements but is there any you know sort of motivation or some sort of tips aside from what we've talked about already um, to any of the listeners that you want to, you want to close on before we, before we end it here. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think, look, um, the, the starting point is important. Is freelancing easy? No. Are we saying it's easy? No. Are we implying it's easy? No, but at least try and give it an honest effort because in my, from my experience and I'm talking personally in my own life, as well as helping many other uh, people become freelancers. Let me tell you, my biggest regret is actually not starting earlier. That is really, honestly, my, my biggest regret. I'm grateful I started. And was it easy? No. There's so much more I can share about, you know, the struggles and, and the sacrifices and, you know, many more, many more behind the scenes, like you were saying. 
there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and it, it often takes years to get to some form some place of you know let's say comfortability you know or, or getting leads or making it work or whatever but what i can say and i want to circle back to it and i really want to stress the point start and whether you look for information on youtube whether you look on blogs whether you whether it's me whether it's whoever i really don't care i just want you to feel you know fulfilled to feel happy to feel you know that you've at least given an honest attempt because i believe personally that freelancing has changed my life and i really encourage it that's why i advocate for it because in my mind I do not want to. I, I don't want to give people fish. I want to teach people how to fish, so that they can provide for mm. their own families, so that they can sort of, uh, quote unquote, be a little bit more comfortable in their financial position. And not only that, but I want to teach others how to fish, so that they can teach others how to fish. That is, that is, that forms very much a part of my why. So that's pretty much all I want to say. So thank you so much. That's awesome. 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 So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in to episode number 12 of the Chow Codes podcast. Uh, this thing's been going on crazy well. So I appreciate all you guys for listening and showing the support through Instagram and just through all the messages that you guys send. Um, but that's going to do it for today. I hope you guys got something valuable out of that. But I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace out.